Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He replied to him, Friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbitrator? Then he said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed. For though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Then he told them a parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do? For I do not have space to store my harvest. And he said, This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods. And I shall say to myself, Now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for many years. Rest, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this night, Your life will be demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. I think our shorted out microphone is on its last legs. It is a great joy to be with you all this morning. And um, our Lord is so good. Yesterday when I was writing my article for the bulletin, Now, I was struck by the fact that I, 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 sometimes I get in my head and I start thinking about like, okay, I have to strategize and think about, okay, well, where are we going to be at three years, five years, 10 years, and how do I get there, and what do we do, and, and what are the like, business practices that we need to implement? And when, whenever I do that, I, I just start like, drifting from, I just feel like my heart goes away from our Lord. And because it's very easy in that place, to start to rely on my own talents or my own strengths instead of of remembering that everything is Jesus. And, And then the readings this week, they really point to that. They point to that fact. That everything is our Lord. And really, he is the one thing that matters. In the reading from the book of Ecclesiastes, it starts off, vanity of vanities, all things are vanity. And, you know, like vanity is when we're concerned about things that just don't matter. One of my interesting experiences this year was when the diocese changed its rule and they let us grow beards. 
And uh, you might not know this, but like we were never allowed to grow beards. And the reason was that beards promote vanity. That's what they said, you know? And, uh, and I kind of thought to myself, like, well, that's a bunch of bull. Like, that's not really true. That can't be true. And I'm sure that those of you who have beards right now, that like you have mastered this in your own life, right? But I was a young beard grower because I've never grown one before. And, and, and then after a while, I, rec- I realized that I was spending an, an inordinate amount of time looking in the mirror. Like, I'm always looking at, oh, is that coming in? And, and is that going to be okay? And, and like, is this gap going to fill? Like, I just spent all my time looking at my beard and trying to decide if I liked it or not. And, uh, and, and so, like, the vanity part of it, it's not like I was looking in the mirror and thinking, man, I am a good-looking bearded man. But, but really, I was just wasting a lot of my mental space worrying about something that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, worrying about something that doesn't matter. And, and if I'm worried about that, I'm not worried about our Lord. So I shaved it off on my birthday, and I'll try to like grow it in a de- detached way in November or something. We'll see. But again, it can become easy for us to worry about the things that don't matter. And in the gospel reading, our Lord points this out, and he points out sort of two consequences of that in And this person goes to Jesus and he says, teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me that there must have been some kind of a dispute and and he was worried about fairness and and things being equally distributed. And, And am I going to get what I need? And then the Lord says, take care against all greed. For though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Though, though although we might have things, that's not the most important thing. And then he tells this parable and he says, there was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. And then there's this really great line where he says, he asked himself, what shall I do? He asked himself, what should I do? It doesn't say, he asked his wife, what shall I do? It doesn't say he asked his family, what should I do? Or he asked his friends, what should I do? He asked himself, what should I do? Because in the midst of having lots of things and worrying about lots of things, he, he didn't have people. And then he comes up with this answer and it says, then I shall store all my grain and other goods and I shall say to myself, I shall say to myself, now as for you, you have done, you have so many good things stored up for many years. And so again, he's saying to himself, well done. Because in the midst of his greed or in the midst of clinging to worldly things or clinging to self-reliance, he doesn't have people. And, 
And then the Lord says to him, you fool, this night your life will be demanded of you. And, and, and you've saved up all of these worldly things, but you have nothing to show for it. And you're not even going to be able to enjoy it. Because it's never been what matters. You know, it's never been what matters. And, and that temptation can be so present, even in the church and in, in faith communities. And the last month has been a crazy month for me. And as I've been like speaking at different, I think I've spoken at like three or four different conferences in the last weeks. And, and it's an incredible gift because I find myself in lots of different circles. You know, and so a couple of weeks ago, I was at the National Engaged Encounter Convention, which is a convention for everybody who presents on Engaged Encounter weekends throughout the country. And then I was in a board meeting for two days, so like that was amazing to be in a board meeting for two days for a nonprofit organization. Shoot me in the head. Um, and so I'm in this board meeting for two days, and we're strategizing about you know like how are we going to grow the ministry, and what are we going to do, and what better business practices can we do? And, and, and there's all this kind of strategy talk and, and like, how do we convince people? And, and, and kind of at the end of the day, I came to this conclusion and I shared this with the rest of the group that, you know, like we really need Jesus. We kind of just need Jesus. Like we just need Jesus. That's the most important. All these other things are tools, but our Lord is the most important thing not what software program we use for accounting and what we do for travel reimbursements. And like, that's not the most important thing. Our Lord is the most important thing. And we lose sight of that very easily. Friday, I was in Chicago and I was giving a talk at a conference for Courage, which is an apostolate that, that really tries to provide a home in a community for faithful Catholics who experience same-sex attraction. And, and so I was preparing to give this talk and I've never spoken at one of their conferences in person before and I'm sort of stressing out about like, you know, like all these talks tend to be about like the culture and, and what can we do to change the culture, etc. And then our Lord, like he often does, he was just like, people just need to know how much I love them. And that I'm the most important thing. And, and even like that apostolate is a tool to just do what the church is supposed to do, which is to make Christ present in the world. And again, it, it just can be easy for us in the busyness of our life and, and the things that we have to do to forget that our Lord is the most important thing to forget that there's this person who entered into the world and entered into our life in order to change everything. And there's this person who entered into the world and, and notices us. And notices us. And that at our worst moment, at our, at our most sinful place, at the place where we've been most disobedient or most distant from him, he looked at us and he loved us. And he gave his life so that we could live. And he came so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And that as long as we're focused on him, as, as we have our kind of laser focus on him, everything else will be okay. Everything else will work out. 
We read in Scripture, all things work together for good for those who love him. John Paul II in 2000 wrote an encyclical letter on the, on the church in the third millennium, and, and he says specifically in it, the church doesn't need more programming, it needs this person. And to contemplate Jesus' face is the program. It's the thing that we need. And there's a couple of different things that we can do and, and ways to remember that because sometimes we just have to carve out the space to remember what's most important. And it might be something as simple as, okay, I'm going to commit myself to reading one chapter of Scripture per day or one chapter of Scripture per week and just start with one of the Gospels and I'm just going to read one chapter. It takes like two to three minutes but it helps me to remember who this person is. Or coming to Mass a little bit earlier on Sundays and spending some time in adoration and, and remembering that that same person who entered into the world and gave his life so that I could live is present in every tabernacle and present in, on the altar every time we go to Eucharistic adoration. And it's in that place that he notices us. Sometimes I'll, I'll be talking to a spiritual directee and they really struggle with transitioning from work to home. They got a million things in their head and all the pragmatic things that go along with their job and, and their worries and their concerns. And, and in transitioning from work to home, it, it just can be kind of a mess because they're still preoccupied with work and they're not present to their family. And for many of them, it's been really effective and helpful for them to just stop at church on their way home. And it might be here, it might be St. Martin's, it might be any church. And just spend like two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, however much time we have, just saying, Jesus, you have to take care of everything that's in my head right now. And I'm going to go home and be with my family. And remembering that he's the most important thing. And after him comes our family life. And then after our family life comes our community life. And when we keep our eyes fixed on him, it's then that we, are, we find ourselves at peace and security. And, and we find ourselves at rest. It's in that place that our hearts are transformed. And we truly become witnesses to the great things that he's done in our life. And so today, brothers and sisters, as, as we're winding down the summer and getting ready for the next school year and all the busyness that comes with the fall, let us pray that we... We keep our eyes fixed on the most important thing, that we not be distracted by all of the different things that go on in the world. And, and that we truly allow the Lord to enter into our hearts, 
to be the center of our life. And to bring that peace and security that comes from the only person that matters.